More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. On this episode of the Family Business Voice, we spoke to Jan Ryder, Haston's fifth-generation CEO, as well as his son and sixth-generation family business member, Lukas Ryder. The father and son team talked to us about leveraging the power of technology in product development while balancing cutting-edge innovation with timeless tradition. Enjoy this episode with Jan and Lukas. First things first, like, so if a sixth, this is correct, right? Like you're in the sixth generation now. Yeah. It's an incredible achievement. And it's one that is incredibly rare, of course. And we know that there's really just a handful of businesses who ever make it um, that far. Why do you think your family business has been able to achieve this where others have failed? Because again, six generations, it's a very remarkable achievement. So what do you think you've done right along the way that has allowed you to last over such a long time? From the start, my grandfather's grandfather, he was very keen and stated very clearly that he wanted to help other people and make uh, goods that could serve people. And the better or the higher quality and the better he was able to make things. Uh, he was a master saddler. So quality and uh, giving a lasting value and serving people is key here. And um, we have, during the years, rediscovered that. So when I came into the business, the company was uh, much smaller than today. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to find out what is really the intention mm-hmm. from the founder. and. Uh, it's very much of helping people and making goods, in these cases, bads uh, that have a tremendous value to people mm-hmm. over a long time. And it seems to work for us. So mm-hmm. that's the main key. It's a very interesting time, I think. You have this timeless product, which I think we can all agree I don't think humanity will ever not need beds, right? Like I think it's just one of those it's just one of those amazing things, but then again, it has been it remains a highly competitive industry. But also we're moving into this era of incredible technological change in people's private lives. Like when we've had huge technological change and your family has been through several industrial revolutions, so you know, uh, we've had this tech change for industry, but now the private person is going through all of these changes in their homes. So our homes are becoming smarter. Uh, our environments are becoming more integrated and everything. How has your consumer changed over time? Like, have the requirements for a bed changed in people's perspective? Like, do you see a big change between what your parents had to satisfy in terms of needs as opposed to what you have to satisfy? I think we are going in the right direction because uh, people are getting more and more aware. I mean, health aware. And, and that, that helps us because, for example, in the old days, or, or not that long ago, it, it was like, okay, it was a merit of only sleeping two hours or four hours. And uh, that has changed. People have discovered that people who sleep the best, they live long. 
people understand health and technology helps us. The Apple Watch and Apple helps mm. us in that sense that making us aware. And of course, if mm. you come to a point as a consumer, you want to sleep better, you of course start to do lifestyle changes first about uh, exercise, eating habits. Uh, and in that process, people are starting to wake up the bed. That's really important also. Mm. And uh, that helps us. When I prepared for this interview, I, was, I realized how little I know about beds, actually. <laughs> it's like, I was horrified, like, you know, something that is so essential to our well-being. I mean, where would we be without it? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea, you know, what's going on in that industry. So can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, for Hessens right now in terms of like, you know, being in manufacturing, product design, and but also distribution as a distribution network to your clients, what are the key challenges that you're facing right now as an operation, like, you know, from, from production to uh, end consumer? Like, you know, what is what are sort of like, you know, the, the tensions and the pressures in your industry that you need to overcome? Very fortunately for us, it's not much going on in the mattress industry because most of the players, or almost all, they are focusing on lower cost or, or, or they are at least focusing on mattresses. And we are kind of the opposite of that because we are putting ourselves in the consumer's shoes and figuring out how can we really, really make people sleep really good. Thanks to that we weren't a big company, we can focus on making the best product without any compromises. So, so our challenge is mostly how do we keep hiring the best people so we can grow faster? How can we grow distribution faster because mm -hmm. in some countries we, we have good distribution but uh, we have so much white space on the planet mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> where people don't know us uh, we, we are growing in 43 countries mm. so we're growing almost everywhere and still there's so much white white space it's an interesting time isn't it today in terms of like being a, a brand like yours so People like us who maybe would otherwise never have discovered you, we discover you because of the internet, because of what's possible today. So how does e-commerce play into the business model for Hestens? Like, is this something that you are working with? Is this something that you're exploring? You know, digitalization in general. So again, it's fascinating your story because your family has literally been through the last four industrial revolutions. They've seen it all. It's crazy. And so... What, what this industrial revolution that we're in right now, so the digital, the cyber physical space, I should say, what does that mean for your business model? Like, how are you adapting to that? I mean, is it through e-commerce or are there other, is it more through automation in the factory or like, how does it work for you? First, you're right. The digital thing is coming very fast. Mm. We are working with e-commerce. We, we haven't uh, turned on the switch for that yet, but uh, there is a demand for that because we work with partners, wholesale partners, uh, retail stores. Mm. And um, in the it was like uh, for, for people having uh, their retail store, Heston stores or shopping shops mm. uh, all over the world. Like five years ago or even maybe three years ago, people were saying, oh, uh, we don't want e-commerce because we want people to go into the stores. Mm -hmm, of course. Yeah, so, so that type kept us okay we have plenty of growth we don't need mm. to do that we're just improving our website but now 
our partners the last year, they tell us we want the e-commerce hmm. together with the stores. That has to do with making it easy for the consumers. Mm-hmm. We are a little behind. On the other hand, the product is so qualified. So people paying $10,000 or $20,000 or even $100,000 for a bed, they usually want to see it and mm-hmm. in the store and all that. So, so it's not really that the primary or every customer will, will buy it online, but mm-hmm. it has to be e-commerce anyway to help the mm. consumer in the process of choosing and in the process of of finding out and uh, and as you said you got to know us through through the web so we did <laughs> and we love and we love your website by the way so just so you know i know that websites are always a big contention but we loved your website we loved your little movie and everything so that's all i, I think you're, you're doing a great job there um the other thing that, so we spoke to before about like, you know, your consumers becoming more aware of health. And I know this myself. So we, the millennial generation, we grew up with an obsession almost with like knowing more about these things now. And I think we got a little bit paranoid as well. Like you know, that's all about well-being and like uh, trying to find the balance, which is not possible. At least that's what I think. But um, the other thing that is very much of concern to our generation and the generation coming after us, maybe even more so to the younger generation, is obviously everything that has to do with provenance of products, sustainability, uh, eco-friendliness. Now, we know that Scandinavian countries have always had an edge over other regions in the world, having had an awareness level of this that is much older, I would say, than what we see today in the trend. But uh, just for uh, for us to understand how this works for you, like, how are you, I mean, aside from the fact, of course, that you have a business that has lasted for generations, but what other sort of like uh, eco considerations do you have? What other sustainability uh, considerations do you have uh, in your mind? And, and as a family, do you discuss them? Yeah, of course. And, and uh, in one way, we're fortunate because we have been sustainable since uh, 1852 and our product is made by hand in natural materials mm-hmm. and they're also made to last mm-hmm. uh, so we went out and made a survey to find the oldest Heston's beds that were still in use this was about 20 years ago and we found more than 1000 that were more than 50 years old and still were in use and the oldest one that were in use at that time it was built by us in 1902. And we, we tried to buy that bed, but the owner, the family, they had it had, had the bed for five generations uh, and they didn't want to sell it <laughs> because oh, they explained right. that their grandfather had bought the, the grandfather's grandfather had bought it for, for their wedding. And they, uh, so our beds, they can last forever. So they are... Mm-hmm sustainable and when it's time for retire it's wood it's um, wool it's cotton it's uh, flax it's uh, steel and everything goes back to nature or, or can be recycled what i like about this interview you're making very difficult things sound very easy because it's just very clear to you but like it's it's a fact that of course many businesses especially family businesses struggle to do the things that you're describing whether it be a communicating well with the next generation or whether it be focusing on what they do best. It's a, it's a confusing time. And we see a lot of uh, family-owned businesses that have been there for generations losing direction in this time of disruption where whole industries are going to disappear. 
from when you look at what your forefathers did in times when things were very disruptive and when you look at yourselves, how you're adapting, what do you think other family businesses can do or can be conscious or aware about in order to maybe achieve some sort of success like Heston's has done, like, you know, across generations? What do you think is is your key sort of like input there where you think like, oh, you know, our grandfathers and our grandmothers, they really did well in focusing on certain things or certain strategies. What is your advice to other family businesses? What's top of my mind? And my father did a very good thing. And of course, I'm the only child, but but even though I was the only child, he, he told me, well, you go away and study. You get a job in other industry, mm-hmm. so you learn things. So mm. I never had the pressure to come into the family business or or... or no one were putting that pressure. So it's a free choice. And, mm. and I know early generations have done the same. Lucas, do you have like a perspective on that as a younger generation? It's always interesting to see the other side as well. What do you think uh, goes wrong when you look at, maybe you have friends as well in other family businesses where it didn't work out so well. What What is your view on that? My view on that, like the first thing about things that I believe is very bad, like young to have a family archive of uh, mm. keeping and saving old uh, catalogs, brochures, books, articles, and uh, also photography. Mm-hmm. It's uh, important to save those things because uh, John's father, Jack, he kept like everything. He could have uh, business cards in several different drawers. <laughs> yeah, he kept many things like. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah. brochures all the advertisements so there's so much uh, so much proof uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and of course that that's a strength for, for the next generation yeah. because they, they can understand the struggle and also the mm-hmm. good parts that came from from that hard work for earlier generations yeah because it's a lot of work people do a lot of work when it comes to uh, photography even mm. though if the photography is from many years back, people did a lot of work to let those pictures came to be. And uh, that's yeah. something that can't, uh, we, we can't get that uh, time back or uh, effort that was done. So that's like pictures that can be, be used. So that's a, that's a different part of sustainability that may perhaps many people don't talk about. Yeah. I totally agree with, I think that's a beautiful point to bring up the, uh, archives being a very important exercise and also a really great way for a young generation to get to know the business, right? Like it's a it's a beautiful way of exploring and being proud of what has been done so far and getting excited for the future. Last question, I promise. I know you're very busy, busy, busy entrepreneurs. I will not take more of your well, time. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, so uh, last question, I promise, is the, um, I like this question because when people like you are very busy and you're working all the time and, and, and uh, but I like to a- take a moment to just ask you, what is your biggest wish for your company? in the future? What would you love for Hessens? What is your biggest thing that you want Hessens to achieve in this generation or in the next three, four generations? Like what, what do you think is like your biggest ambition for your family business? That is to make this world a better, happier place. Mm. And, and uh, we believe that um, this world deserves to be happier and better. And we like to contribute with, um, of course, 
best possible bed because people who sleep really good, they are kinder to other people, they are happier, they are treating others in a better way. And uh, even if it's just a little bit better, we want to contribute to that. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.